0: never started a show off like this, but let's give a round of applause to our, our show band, The Gorillas. Let's give, them a, let's give them a round of applause. They they deserve it. They deserve it. They've done the intro for the show for years now, and I think it's time they got the recognition they deserve. They're a lower band. They're a new upcoming band. We discovered them a few years ago, and we put them on the intro. It's Rock the House off their debut album. If you want to go listen to that, go ahead. It's a very good album. I would recommend, and yeah, I hope they blow up someday because that'd be really cool. To see someone connected to the Logan Blackman show blow up. Because that's never happened before. Obviously, we, we've blown up. I mean, we're like, we're national at this point. Maybe international. I don't know. We're pretty big. But hopefully the Gorillas can get there someday. Hopefully they can gain that success that we have seen over the years. Because they've been here with us since the beginning. Ever since William Penn, I think. That we started using the Gorillas as our opening song to the show. So, yes, go and give them a listen if you've never heard about them because they're I don't expect a lot of people to hear about them. Because they're they're a new band. You know, they're a new band. They're starting off. I was in their same shoes when I was a freshman at William Penn. Not a lot of people knew of the Logan Blackman show, but now everybody knows about it. So yes, give another round of applause to the gorillas for supplying our intro music. Thank you to them. And welcome everybody. That was an interesting intro to this Friday edition. Of The Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are excited to be here today listening to the show. Whether you're listening to it on Friday or not, this is a Friday edition of The Logan Blackman Show, which means we are one show away from Mock Draft 3.0. How exciting is that? Exhilarating stuff. And I didn't realize this until Wednesday night that Monday will be... Show number 100 on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now, I've done probably about 300 to 400 shows in total, dating back to when I was a freshman in college, but on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, we will be reaching episode 100. We are at 99 right now. Or at least this will be episode 99. So, I didn't even plan that. I didn't even realize that until Wednesday night. So, mantra 3.0 is going to come out on a momentous occasion for the Logan Blackman Show. And it's very exciting. Very nice. And so mock drafts are always my favorite part of the show anyways. It's usually a longer show. Not what we've been used to with these last two shows, which I think last one was just over an hour, and the one before that was about 56 minutes or something like that. The mock Draft shows can reach into close to the two hours, or even above two hours. Mock Draft 2.0 was the longest show we have done in a very very long time. I don't know if Mock Draft 3.0 will take as long. At least I hope not. and that day, I was exhausted. That was at like 11 o'clock, 11:30, midnight, sometime around there. I was exhausted. And because I got the draft, I got the draft done. When was that? Sunday night at like 9:30, 10 o'clock, and then just went upstairs and recorded a show. Since my parents were gone, I could use the kitchen, and I liked it a little bit more. No offense. Office, but we're back in the office because parents are back home. So, mock draft 3.0 will be out on Monday. And just a little sneak peek we do have a trade now, it's just singular. We have a uh, uh, trade, no trades. This is the first mock draft we've done in this cer- cycle of mock drafts, I guess, where we have actually done a trade. We've done trades in the past, we have tried to predict trades, but that's gotten too taxing. I guess it takes too much to try and predict which teams will trade, which teams will not trade. So, like last year, last year is a perfect example of this. We were going through our mock draft show. Me and my friend Tyler, we might do something like that again this year. Don't know, we'll see. That whole draft, I was so frustrated with myself because if I just kept it, you know, in order instead of making all the crazy trades that I did, I would have been perfectly fine. Now, looking back at the draft in the twenty. 20 NFL draft I don't think there was a few things that would have been different I didn't I'm not saying I would have gotten every single pick right but looking at my last mock draft which I made about a couple hours before the actual draft took place last year so if I just kept it in order and before the trade happened between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers which moved, saw the Bucks move up from 14 to 13 this is what it, what it would have been I'm just looking at the 2020 NFL draft right now and I will make fun of myself a little a little bit. So the Bengals, Joe Burrow was obvious. Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, chalk. It was easy. Number four, I had Tristan Wirfs going here. I thought he was the best tackle in the draft then. And I still think he's the best tackle in the draft now. And he was actually the last of the very good tackles taken in that first round. Taken after Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, and Mekhi Becton. And ironically, it's probably in reverse order in what we view these tackles as, as players now. Now, you could argue about Jedrick Wills versus Makai Becton. They're very, having very similar success. I guess you could say Jedrick Wills is better because of the fact that he's a part of the best offensive line in the NFL. Them or the Colts, I mean, you could go either way with that one. I'm not really going to be too picky about that. But I had Burrow, Young, Akuda, Wurfs. So there's a check mark. I had Tua going to the Dolphins. And you know what? If I actually used my brain, which I I struggle with doing from time to time, it it amazes you, maybe not amazes you, maybe you just, it's obvious at this point, that Logan's brain sometimes shuts off or sometimes Logan just decides, we're going to overthink this a ton. I get it from my mom. My mom's side of the family, history of overthinking. History of overthinking. In my head, I was like, yeah. The Chargers will draft Justin Herbert. He's the next best quarterback in the draft. They'll take him. They have to take him. They have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. I, As a Bills fan, I watch Tyrod Taylor as the Bills quarterback. He's not a franchise guy. Even though, and this is where I strayed my thinking straight off a little bit, Anthony Lynn and Tyrod Taylor have this really, really tight bond where it just seems like everywhere Anthony Lynn goes, Tyrod Taylor eventually ends up. So, would I be shocked if Tyrod Taylor wound up in Detroit? Not at all. Because if you didn't know, Anthony Lynn, who was fired as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, took the off to coordinator position with the Detroit Lions. And even though they have Jared Goff, Tyrod Taylor will always have a roster spot on Anthony Lynn's team. If Tyrod Taylor didn't get his lungs punctured by the Chargers doctor, he was never going to put in Justin Herbert. Tyrod Taylor was going He even, after... Herbert balled out against the Kansas City Chiefs. He still wanted to keep Tyrod Taylor in as a starter. But in my infinite wisdom, I think it was Peter King, I think, that tweet that posted this. It was his mantra. He was on Dan Patrick's show or something. And he said a source told him the Chargers were actually going to go after a guy like Andrew Thomas. So instead of using my brain... I said Andrew Thomas. And I think in a previous mock draft, I had Jordan Love going there because they were linked pretty heavily with Jordan Love for a while. I knew Jordan Love wasn't a better quarterback than Justin Herbert, but the rawness of him, the tools that he had similar to that of Patty Mahomes, I'm not saying he is Patrick Mahomes, but he has the skill set similar to that of Patrick Mahomes. Having the skills and actually being able to utilize them the best are not the same thing. I would just like to make that clear. I'm not saying that Jordan Love is was or ever will be Patrick Mahomes but he has the tools to come close Dark have the tools to I don't know I don't want to say he can be as good as Patrick Mahomes but the tools are there he has all the stuff to be there but I did have Andrew Thomas going there seven I had Isaiah Simmons going to the Panthers then Derek Brown going to the Cardinals I was so mad at myself when that happened flip it just flip it around because that's exactly what went down and they were going to go after one of them, whoever the Panthers didn't take at seven, if they took Isaiah Simmons, the Cardinals were going to take Derek Brown. But in this case, the Panthers took Derek Brown, Cardinals wound up taking Isaiah Simmons. The positionalist player who we talked about last show, Of they came out and drafted him as an outside linebacker, which is very key when you're watching these drafts about where do they get announced as, or what position do they get announced as. Because, You'll see this with some off to linemen. So expect, be here. it'll be curious to see how someone like Rashawn Slater or Elijah Vera Tucker gets announced this year because both obviously played tackle in college at Northwestern and USC respectively. But both of them are capable, in Elijah Vera Tucker's case, expected to make the transition into the interior offensive line. So it'll be curious to see how they get announced because I think it was Isaiah Wynn. And when the Patriots drafted him, announced him as a tackle because he had that similar situation of he can play either guard or tackle. Announced his tackle. So we'll see how that goes there. But (laughs) yeah, that one sucked. Seeing your picks go back to back like he thought, just in a different order, it hurts a little bit. Now, if I kept him in the same spot, I would have said Jaguars take CJ Henderson. I had the Falcons trading up and taking CJ Henderson. I knew they were linked to A.J. Terrell right before the draft started. They said they were linked, and A.J. Terrell was one of the people whose draft stock was rising, like, days before the draft. Like, the player that we thought wasn't going to be a day-one pick is now middle of the first-round pick. And I thought the links between the Jaguars' front office and the Falcons would make sense, but it didn't end up happening. And C.J. Henderson went there. Browns, they were linked heavily with Ezra Cleveland, the offensive tackle from Boise State, who obviously went to the Minnesota Vikings in the second round. Very raw prospect. Very exciting prospect, though. I had them trading back with... Who did I have them trading back with? Some team I had them trading back with, taking it off to tackle there. I don't know who it was. Who did I have them trading back with? I don't have my last year's mock draft on me right now, so I don't remember who I had trading up. But I think I had... I had Jedrick Wills going number 10. So if I kept him there again, he would have gone to the Browns. Makai Becton I did have going to the Jets... I had CeeDee Lamb going to the Raiders, but I knew it was going to be one of those guys. And then the rest of them, yeah. I didn't think Tristan Works would last that far. Javon Kinlaw I had going to the Jaguars at 16. Broncos I had taking Jerry Judy. And I don't remember where I had Henry Ruggs going. I don't remember where I had Henry Ruggs going. Maybe I had them flipping up with somebody, but I did have, I've said this a lot, I had Jalen Ranger going to the Philadelphia Eagles. But trading back, obviously not before receiver of the caliber of Justin Jefferson, who I don't know I don't know if they've actually released the numbers for this, but I'm pretty confident that Justin Jefferson, at least with the amount of hype he was getting, finished second in rookie of the year voting. I don't know how I, I could be wrong about it. I would totally expect him expect that to happen. Oh, I wait, wait, wait. I remember what happened. I'm try I was looking back In my memory files, I had the Browns trading back. I don't remember with who. I'm still going to say I don't remember who I had them trading back with. Maybe Tampa when they were sitting at 14. And then I had the Patriots trading up to select (laughs) Justin Herbert. And that is probably my worst prediction I've ever made in my entire life. Trying to think that the New England Patriots, not only would the Patriots trade up in the draft, but that Justin Herbert would fall all the way outside the top 10. I listen to much of Joel Klatt in Pro Football Focus, which I've said this before. Pro Football Focus is a very cool place to get in-depth statistical analysis, like what this player does against corners or how he does against cover three or how much yards he gets after the tackle or after your first contact. That's where they're cool. They're very bad at player analysis. Like Statistical analysis, one of the best. Player analysis... Not so much. Remember, this is the same group that when the Bills and Steelers played two years ago, the Steelers had the superior quarterback, and not Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) but Doug Hodges. The Steelers had the better quarterback than the Buffalo Bills, who was the quarterback at that time, was Josh Allen. And they said, with a straight face, Doug Hodges is better. They also said Justin Herbert can't play. We talked about that, when was this, a couple shows ago? Literally said, he flat out can't play which is what led into the whole bashing of the calling people bust before getting drafted type thing. They're the same way about Josh Allen. And then arguably, I get the argument that people can make about saying Lamar Jackson is still the best quarterback in the 2018 class because obviously he won the unanimous MVP. I mean, he's the second ever player in NFL history to do that. That argument is very, very valid, even though everybody out there is saying He's not that good, or can't throw, or we're taking Ryan Tannehill over him. I still don't understand that, but, you know, it's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. You can't tell someone their opinion's wrong. I can tell you your opinion's stupid. I'm not going to tell you it's wrong, but it's stupid opinion. That's a stupid opinion. If you honestly sit there and go, you know what? After watching Ryan Tannehill, I think I'd rather have him over Lamar Jackson. I think that's a fair assumption right there. I think it's fair. Because if you look at, you know, the last two playoff series Ryan Tannehill was in, the series where they depended heavily on Derrick Henry, they went all the way to the AFC Championship game, and Ryan Tannehill had, like, what, 200 passing yards total or something like that? He probably had more than that, but he didn't, he didn't, just long story short, he did not throw the ball a lot in the playoffs last year. This year, Derrick Henry stopped in the run game. Oh, what happens? The Ravens beat them. Wow, I wonder how their offense works. (laughs) And they have some good weapons outside. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, a former top five pick, which still seems crazy to think about from Western Michigan. And then Jonu Smith, one of the more underrated tight ends. Now, I think he's a free agent, if I remember correctly. But let's not be stupid here about whose offense runs through who. And I remember, I've talked about this before. It was on Tiki and Tyranny. It was before a Colon Company show. And they were talking about it. And the way they introduced the topic, this is where that argument for I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Lamar Jackson as Nolan Void. You said Lamar Jackson's Ravens versus Derrick Henry's Titans. Done. The conversation's over. If you're really going to have an argument about which quarterback you'd rather take, why would you not say the quarterback you're arguing for as the head of the franchise? Because you know... Not only is he not the head of the franchise, he's not even the head of his own offense. That's Derrick Henry. And then if you can look at all the playoff graphics before the playoffs started this year. All the players, all the best players from each team. There's the quarterbacks. Other than the Titans, had Derrick Henry as the player. So that's where that conversation's dead. That conversation's done. I've I bashed it a thousand times because it just, it baffles my brain to hear that conversation about how there's nothing that Ryan Taino can do that Lamar Jackson cannot do. There are things Lamar Jackson can do that Ryan Taino can only dream of doing. Lamar Jackson is the most electric player in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and bash and say that he can't play or that he's a bad quarterback. I think he's securely in the top half of the NFL in quarterbacks. I don't think he's falling I don't think he's at risk of losing his starting job anytime soon but let's be real here we've talked about this a thousand thousands and thousands of times it just always leads back to this moment (laughs) why why it's said I don't know I get he had a good year and Lamar I guess had a bad year he's in that similar situation of Messi and Ronaldo I'm not saying he's that level of player but They've set it such a high standard for themselves that if they just perform a really good season, have a good season, that's a terrible season for them. Lamar still had 1,000 yards rushing. He's the second quarterback to do that. The only other quarterback that done that before him was himself. <laughs> Vic came close. I think he was like 10 yards away or something the season before he got thrown in jail. He was at 900-something rushing yards. I could, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty confident he did not rush for over 1,000 yards. Fact check me if you want to. I don't care. People can fact check me all you want. I'm not going to die on a lot of hills <laughs> on this show. If I'm wrong about something, more often than not, I'll make fun of myself first. Like saying the Charger would take Andrew Thomas before Justin Herbert. I'll bash myself more often than not. I'm not going to sit here and go, well, I didn't say that. Cause if I've said something on the show, I'll usually remember it. If not, I'll remember if you if you tell me I said something, and it sounds familiar, I won't. I would say nope or backpedal on it a ton, like you see on some of the the bigger networks out there. Of you said this, no, I didn't. Well, that's not really what I meant. No, I'll bet you can corner me all you want. And I'll probably make fun of you, but make fun of me with you. because the joy of the Logan Blackman Show. The best sports talk show you've never listened to. And while we're on a little bit of a segue period, make sure you go and follow the Logan Blackman Show in all forms of social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go like the Facebook page. Twitter accounts, the Logan Blackman Show 1. It's not the old account. that has a picture of me standing there and looked all swagged out while I was making a Ghost Adventures video for my <laughs> video production class in at William Penn, I think it was a sophomore. Can't remember. Sophomore or freshman. I was at William Penn. But it's a sick picture. I paused it and said, what the hell am I posing like that for? So I took a picture of it and threw a bunch of bogeys around it, and it's sick. It's sickest picture I have of me. Because so I got some pretty cool pictures on my phone. But of me, that's the coolest one. And then the Twitter accounts Logan underscore Blackman. Just search it on the Facebook page. You should find it. My Instagram accounts Blackman BlackmanLogan. That's my personal account. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I want to start making more videos. It's just I don't have a lot of time <laughs> to make YouTube videos right now. I work, get off around 4 or 5, 5.30 maybe, and then come home and record a show. I don't really have time to make a full-fledged YouTube video at this point in time. I want to soon, and I've got some plans, but we just need to get some free time for a little bit. And then, of course, go and follow The Logan Lightman Show on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Yeah, fun show. Very fun show so far. I love talking draft. I think you should. I think you should. I think you should get that by this point in time. That I love talking about the NFL draft, and the NFL draft is my favorite sporting event ever. I think the only things that I can compare to the NFL draft that get me as excited are the World Cup and the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup playoffs, and then when my team's in a playoff. But if they're not in it, I don't really care. Like last year, the Bills didn't have a first-round pick because they traded to the Minnesota Vikings for Stephon Diggs. I lo- I still sat down and watched the draft and loved every second of it. If the Bills aren't in the playoffs, or the Bulls aren't in the playoffs, I'm not, I'll am not. i watch it, but I'm not going to sit here and get all excited for it. Just not how I'm built. I'm built different. But the draft is awesome. And on YouTube, NFL Throwback, I would very much recommend you go and uh, subscribe to them on YouTube. It's one of my favorite YouTube accounts. All the NFL Films stuff, this isn't an NFL Films account. I mean, they run some stuff from NFL Films, but the thing I'm going to talk about is not. But NFL Films is the coolest documentary film team of all time. I don't care. I know I said I won't die on a lot of hills. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. NFL Films is goaded. The Sables are goaded. The stuff that they have, the amount of film they've had over the years of NFL films, they're the one that coined America's team. So if you dislike them for that or not, but that's how America's team started. They had all the the dramatic NFL poems, all the soundtracks you hear are NFL films, all the, the deep voiceovers are NFL films. It's legendary stuff, but NFL throwback, similar... YouTube channel, because there's an NFL Films YouTube channel, but on NFL Throwback, you can find some NFL film stuff on there. But I watched, over the past two days or so, I have watched a few (laughs) past drafts. And I'm meaning, I I guess I shouldn't sit here and say I watched the entirety of, because they are cut up, so you can watch them. So it's like, they're like hour long, or something. I did watch the entirety of the 2019 NFL draft, you know, when... Kyler Murray got taken number one. Nick Bosa, two. Quentin Williams, three. That draft, if you remember that one, where Daniel Jones got taken at six overall, shocked shocked the nation. I watched that entire, the whole draft. They have that whole thing on YouTube. But today, I watched the 2014 NFL draft, which had Jadavian Clowney, Khalil Mack, Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Johnny Football, Teddy Bridgewater. That draft. Then I watched... I guess I'm going in reverse order because I'm on my, U- my history on YouTube right now. And I guess it goes... The most re- recently watched thing is at top. I watched the 2012 draft with Andrew Luck. RG3. That draft. Very exciting draft. That one. I had all the RG3. So that's a little seg- segue. I had all the RG3 stuff. I was looking for socks. Like, he, when he rocked those Superman socks, the Heisman Trophy ceremony, I was looking for those so hard... My football cleats, my junior year of high school, were the RG3 black Adidas. I had the striped socks and everything. They're like zebra striped socks. My favorite pair of cleats I've ever had, minus my last year at William Penn. I had some sick white Nikes. Oh, they were awesome. I still rock those now whenever I make videos. You can go see them on the QB throw-off video that I made on the Logan Blackman Show YouTube channel. Shameless plug right there. Those are my favorite cleats, but those RG three cleats are awesome. My least favorite cleats, if we're since we're on this topic of cleats, I had the generic brand version. I guess I shouldn't say generic brand because they were still Nike, but the low like you know with Nike cleats or just cleats in general, you have different levels. Like you have the really expensive one, and as you go down, they get worse and worse quality. I had the lowest level of quality Calvin Johnson cleats. These things were freaking bricks. Now the top ones. The best ones you could get were sick. I had a pair of Calvin Johnson shoes, too. Those ones were decently, I don't even remember how much they cost. Because I bought those (laughs) off Nike.com when I was a kid. And those cleats sucked. They were so bad that one of my friends, who I brought up before Noah, he's also in the QB throw-off video. He asked me if he could borrow a pair of cleats for like a flag football thing he was doing. And I said, here, you can take these. You can have them. I don't even care. Take them away from me. And even he complains about these boats for cleats. Like Forrest Gump shoes for cleats. Now the cool, like the top level ones, the high end Calvin Johnson cleats, sick. The lower level ones, which is kind of the the normal thing for lower level cleats, sucked. I hated those cleats. But, <laughs> but Calvin Johnson cleats were awesome. And I also watched the Calvin Johnson draft, which was 2007, I believe. It's not showing up on my... My history page for some reason. I watched it yesterday. Oh no, I watched it this morning. Yeah, 2007 draft: Brady Quinn, Cal Johnson, Jamarcus Russell, Joe Thomas. It's so funny looking back at all these drafts. I didn't watch 2018 draft, 2011 draft with Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker. All these guys. This is all just the first round. And this is the crazy part about the NFL draft. Because if you look at these drafts, and how hyped these players are, there's some players that I'm like, who the hell is that? We're like, it's just escaped my memory that these guys even existed. And these are first round draft picks. Like I was watching the 2012 draft, and I was baffled the entire time. Or not the entire time, I guess I shouldn't say the entire time, but, or not 2012, it was 2014. 2014, the Jadavian Clowney, Johnny Manziel draft, but like some of these players are, I've just completely forgotten about them. Like Greg Robinson, he was drafted second overall. I remember him, but he washed out after like two seasons. He was a number two overall pick behind Jadavian Clowney. And yet Justin Gilbert was taken after three Pro Bowlers and after what? I gotta count all these. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Pro Bowlers. So that's 12 pro bowlers <laughs> and Justin Gilbert smacked right in the middle of them. Like the Browns could take taken Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham, Aaron frickin' Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Shazier, Zach Martin, or CJ Mosley. And they took Justin Gilbert and they traded up to get Justin Gilbert. One pick. They traded up to get Justin Gilbert. They got Calvin Pryor, Do you remember Calvin Pryor, the safety for the New York Jets? No, you don't remember him. Like, just, just, Marcus Smith. Calvin Benjamin was a first-round draft pick. Like, these players, it's like, where did you go? You were so hyped, and then, oh my goodness, it was just, it was like a nostalgia trip. Just sitting back there and watching all these players get drafted in the first round, and you're like, man, this is the... The looking back on this thing. Like when you look back at past drafts and go, man, how the hell did this player fall that far? It's like looking at these quarterbacks, like Jake Locker was a seventh overall pick. Seventh. And the Titans traded up to get him. Now, back then, it was still considered a reach. It wasn't like an insane reach because they were still valued in like the first round, like late first round. It's still a reach. But, and then players like Tom Brady the sixth round Russell Wilson third round like how do these players get drafted in the first round it's so confusing And when Jake Locker was at Washington even then I was confused just because Washington was never very good which can help actually help a player's draft stock because especially a quarterback because you look at oh they didn't play with the best players so that actually can help boost a player's draft stock Like, 2007 draft, the Jamarcus Russell draft, a day that shall live in infamy. Jamarcus Russell going number one overall. And then they just have these random clips of fans freaking out in in this draft. And it was a Dolphins fan and a Raiders fan. The Raiders fan talking about how awesome the Raiders are. They're going to be back. How Jamarcus Russell and Randy Moss are going to be awesome. And then later that night or the next day, Randy Moss gets traded to the Patriots. And then a Dolphins fan complaining. This was awesome because it didn't have a, an intro to it. They didn't fade into it. It kind of just blasted on my screen and then ended abruptly. It was a Dolphins fan with a microphone. Well, they took this guy to the side, and said, "Hey, you want to speak your piece?" He's like, "Hell yeah, I got, I got stuff I want to say." He's like Doc. He's like uh, Ice Cube. And straight out of Compton, when well, they doing f the police, and he's got Yo Dre. I got something to say. That's what this Dolphins fan was like. Hey, yo, Mike Mayock, I got something to say. He was crying that the Dolphins didn't draft. And this is funny, hindsight's 2020, but it's still funny that we didn't draft Brady Quinn? What? <laughs> we drafted Ted Ginn over Brady Quinn? This is ridiculous. Now, Ted Ginn, much like we talked about with Jake Locker before. Was a little bit of a reach. But he had the John Ross effect of that. He was very fast. So you're drafted with the ninth overall pick. And <laughs> Brady Quinn fell all the way to the 22nd pick. And that was just awesome to hear, like, can you guys believe the Cleveland Browns made out of this first round with Joe Thomas and Brady Quinn? This is such a great draft. Now, on one hand, yes, you got a first ballot Hall of Famer in Joe Thomas. One of the greatest offensive tackles to ever play. And then on the other hand, <laughs> like... You could just say it was a great draft because you got Joe Thomas. I don't think we need to add in the Brady Quinn thing. And then drafts a few later, 2012 draft. Man, the Browns got Trent Richardson and Brandon Weed. <laughs> they got the running back and quarterback for like the next four years. Because, you know, it had to be realistic because Brandon Weed was twenty eight years old when he got drafted. It's unfair. Why do these guys go back? Him and Chris Winky. Why was Chris Winky allowed to win the Heisman Trophy? He was like eighty years old when he was playing at Florida State. That's not fair. It's a, it's a huge. He's 10 years older than some of the people he's playing. <laughs> he was 28 or somewhere around that. But the hype around that, you got Brandon Whedon and Trent Richardson. The Browns won the draft. And then you go on, not even a year, a little less than a year. And then Trent Richardson's traded. Brandon Whedon's back to running the bench. And we're not looking at it the same. Like people are bashing the Browns for taking a first round pick for. Trent Richardson, when they traded him to the Indianapolis Colts, and they traded him away for a first-round pick. And then he washed out. now he's playing down in some Mexican league. Still football, but some Mexican league. It's so crazy that these guys are supposed to be the best of the best. This is how, this shows, and we've talked about this a couple hundred times before, the draft's not an exact science. It's an insanely unfair way to look at players because you don't know what a player Antonio Brown was a 6th round draft pick like there's some great players getting drafted in the later rounds That and these players that get drafted in the 7th round whoever gets picked I mean not usually Mr. Irrelevant which is the last pick of the draft but you can get guys in the 2nd, 3rd round that are better than 1st rounders it happens all the time all the time. I'm not going to provide examples because I got none that <laughs> screamed in my head right now. But the draft is such an un- its a- its an insane process. It's very fun to watch, as I've talked about. It's my favorite dra- My favorite thing in the world is the NFL draft. But like, Jamarcus Russell was number one. Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas go two and three, two Hall of Famers. Calvin Johnson currently is in the Hall of Fame. Joe Thomas will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. And then Gaines Adams and Levi Brown. Gaines Adam and Levi Brown with the next two picks in the draft. And then you got Ted Ginn Jr. I mean, he played a while, but not worth the number nine overall pick. I think all of us can agree on that. And then you've got the likes of Robert Meacham going in the first round. Aaron Ross was decent for a tiny bit. But these players that get drafted in the first round are not always slam dunks, which is why it pains me. When people go and try to predict who busts and who doesn't. Like, this guy's a top five pick. And let's just use Levi Brown for an example. Levi Brown is a top five pick. He's going to be awesome in the NFL. He played a few years on the Cardinals and one of the Steelers, never made a Pro Bowl, never made anything. He was a top five pick. We call him a bust? Probably should. He didn't play like a top five pick. You aren't gonna predict like someone drafted that early. That's supposed to be an insanely good player. who was the fifth best player, and it's probably unfair to use Levi Brown as the example for this because he did play about what six years in Arizona, which isn't a lot, but still played six years, eighty-one games played or whatever. But you, this guy is the fifth best player viewed in the NFL, at least basically regarded by position, because the Cardinals might not view someone as the top player in their draft as, you know, the Vikings who drafted Adrian Peterson. We don't predict top five players to be bust. These guys are supposed to be the best players in the NFL. Everybody drafted in the first round is supposed to be the best player taken. But it's not always the case, and you'll find players in the later rounds which is why you draft the quote-unquote stars in the first round, you build teams in the second and third round, and you find role players in day three. You build your team in day two and day three, but not a lot of us out there really care about day two and day three. So if I was recommending something to you, as someone who's watched the entirety of the draft for the past like five, six years, watch day two and day three, because that's where rosters start to shape. Get taken in shape. Look at the Patriots. They have a ton of mid-round picks because they traded out of the first round constantly under the Bill Belichick era. Now, the first round players they drafted, not always great. (laughs) Their first round selections, it's not usually something that pans out very well. It'd be interesting to see what they do this year because again, they had the 15th overall pick. I don't think they're trading out of the first round from the 15th overall pick. They can definitely trade back because it's what they've done over, again, the past 20 so years under Bill Belichick. They've traded back consistently. So I have to tell. Time will tell. But if I was recommending a YouTube channel, you want to get history in the NFL because if you want to learn things, which I know a lot of us do, learn things, go and watch NFL Throwback. It's one of my favorite, it probably is my favorite YouTube channel. That and NFL Films. They teach you so much stuff about the NFL and remind you of players that you forgot existed. But they do. (laughs) And they were once, they still are, very, very wealthy people. Like, if you go back, I saw this on Instagram. And this will get talked about every single year. Because every quarterback class will always go, oh, is this one the best of all time? Is this one got the potential to be the best? Like, compared to the... The Jim Kelly, John Elway, Dan Marino draft. That draft is like, oh, the, the peak, the creme de la creme for quarterback drafts. So then Ken O'Brien, you know, whatever. Tony Eason, and yeah, whatever. But, hey, you got three Hall of Famers out of it. And Kelly, Elway, and Marino, so, you know, ain't all that bad. And then the 4 draft, you know, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, J.P. Lossman, three ho- <laughs> I I said three – Four Hall of Famers in that list. Hey, if J.P. Lossman wasn't a Hall of Famer, why did people ask him if he wanted to go back to the NFL when he was throwing at Clemson's Pro Day last year, huh? Yeah, exactly. Because they saw what he could do at 20 years old or 24 years old or whatever and thought, he's probably better now than he was when he actually played. I changed my background today to J.P. Lossman because if you never were fortunate enough to see the J.P. Lostman era in Buffalo, it was astounding. And then you had the Trent Edwards era right after that with Marshawn Lynch. That was fun. That was some fun stuff. So every year, there's going to be like, earlier, when was this? Then the season started when Burrow and Herbert were blowing up. And Tua was kind of play. that was around the time Tua dropped the infamous, I thought this would be a lot harder quote. You saw the comparisons to the 2004 draft class of could this be the same draft class? So obviously Eli, Philip, Big Ben, and then this one, you have Joe Burrow, Tua, uh, Justin Herbert. Ironically, the third quarterback taken in both drafts won rookie of the year. If I remember correctly, Big Ben had to win rookie of the year. He won like he went like 11 and 1 as a rookie. And and the last one. So Packers fans, I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything. But coming from somebody who sat through and lived and watched the J.P. Losman era, I have a J.P. Losman jersey now. I love J.P. Losman now. Not back then. Do now. <laughs> I remember sitting with my dad watching J.P. Losman's Bills. It was a treat to watch. Very, very big treat to watch that era of football. But Packers fans, I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be the next J.P. Losman. But if we're going off patterns here, <laughs> he looks like he could very well be the next JB Lossman. The fourth quarterback taken in a quarterback, stacked quarterback draft class. I don't know. Packers will be worried. I know they were worried going into it because a lot of people didn't expect the Packers to take Jordan Love. I remember when we were sitting there doing our draft show, and we were trying to predict where Jordan Love would go. My friend Tyler said the Patriots. I said either the Saints or Packers. I had him going to the Saints in my last mock draft. Saints obviously took Cesar Ruiz in in their last first-round pick. Packers traded up to get Jordan Love. Because I knew the lengths of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers getting a little older. He's the exact same age as Brett Favre was when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. But the situation's different because the Packers didn't trade up to get him. They just sat there. They traded up to get Jordan Love. And unlike Brett Favre, this is the main reason why this was confusing. Yes, they were the same age. Aaron Rodgers, to my knowledge, has not contemplated retirement once. Favre was contemplating retirement like every other day. It was some huge report, if you remember going back to that time, of Favre might not play this year. And Rodgers sat for three years, but that was when we were still going through the carousel of Favre might retire, Favre might not. And then eventually the Packers were just like, Okay, yeah. Cuz Favre retired officially, and then he tried to unretire and successfully did, went to the Jets, but tried to go back to Green Bay. The Packers like, "Nah, we're done with your shit. We're staying with Aaron Rodgers." We're not t- we're you're not coming back. You retired. You're done. If you come back, you're going to be the backup, which is essentially what they told Aaron Ro- told Brett Favre if he came back. And then the ever-living debate on who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre will live on forever. Packers fans will have different opinions about that whole situation, depending on what era of Packers football you watched and what you grew up with. I don't know, because Brett Favre, I love Brett Favre, but in my era Brett Favre, it was constant retirements. That was all you really remember Brett Favre for. Not in the 90s where he won three straight MVPs and won a Super Bowl. You don't remember that Brett Favre. You remember the one that retired every other week. And then Aaron Rodgers, we watched it. We grew up watching Aaron Rodgers. So it's, it's all about what area you grew up in. But the Packers, man, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers don't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. And from what I've heard in the Packers organization, they're not really thrilled with Jordan Love's progression. Which we knew he was raw going in, but I don't think they were. he. I don't think he dressed once. The few games they turned to the Packers sidelines, Tim Boyle, I think is his name, was the backup quarterback. I don't think Jordan Love dressed which could be big, and like the quarterbacks and the players we were talking about that just kind of faded into nothingness. I'm not saying he will do that, but from what the reports are, it might happen. Now, Boyle is a free agent, so we might actually see Jordan Love dressed on the sidelines this year, unless they bring him back. But for Jordan Love's future, I hope they don't. And the sanity of Matt LaFleur in the Packers organization and their fans, I hope They don't bring anybody in as Aaron Rodgers' backup this year and just let Jordan Love be the backup and get some sort of playing time this year. Because that was the report. He's going to play. Matt LaFleur is going to use him in some capacity this year. That obviously did not happen, but that is an issue that took place with Aaron Rodgers playing the best football he's played in years and Jordan Love not being able to dress. Aaron Rodgers playing at a ridiculous level, obviously winning the MVP, and then Jordan Love not dressing, you're not going to play Jordan Love. <laughs> just, that's just how it works out. So with this, which quarterback draft class is better? Because I just saw a clip on Instagram, or not Instagram, Twitter. It was a picture of a, the 2000 and... Tw- what year was that? Cam Newton's draft. 2011 draft. And it was a picture of the three top quarterbacks in the draft. Cam Newton... Very successful career, won an MVP, got to a Super Bowl. And then Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert. Now, Blaine Gabbert's won a Super Bowl. Yes, he was a backup, <laughs> but he won a Super Bowl before all those other guys. And then Jake Locker was out of the league in like four years, something like that. And this draft class, so if we're going off pure prospects, this draft class is better because last year you had four quarterbacks getting taken in the first round. There's five guaranteed to go in the first round this year there was even question marks on whether or not Jordan Love would go in the first round or some with Justin Herbert going in the first round this one we are guaranteed five quarterbacks in the first round we might have be almost guaranteed to have five quarterbacks go in the top 10 which I don't think's ever been done before we're gonna have an insane run of quarterbacks because we're in a really weird time in the NFL where there's a lot of teams that could be needing quarterbacks. Even teams that currently have quarterbacks, like the Seahawks and Texans, might be moving on from said quarterback. So they might be needing a quarterback to draft. Because so I saw the Bears the Yeah, the Bears today were linked heavily with Russell Wilson. And he likes Matt Nagy. I don't think there's a lot of other people that can say that, but he likes Matt Nagy. He likes their improving off the line stuff like that. And of course, it just seems like he just wanted improved off to line. So if he goes to the Bears. Deshaun Watson, I would think... I mean, my gut tells me Deshaun Watson's going to go to the Panthers, but remember, before the off, right when the season ended, everybody was linking the Jets to a gigantic trade, so that might be the trade, Deshaun Watson the Jets, so be careful. But there's a ton of teams that need quarterbacks, even question marks about the quarterback position. I don't think we've had an offseason where there's been so many question marks regarding the quarterback position, and all these quarterbacks, there's five that are going to go in the first round. They only put four on here. So for the 20, nine, or 2020 draft class, it's Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and then they just completely axed Love, to be fair. Jalen Hurts has actually started games. Is going to go into the season as the Eagles starter, at least we would expect him to. So good draft class. Very good draft class. NFL talent is there. They're all starters in the NFL at this point. I think Tua will stay in Miami. I think he'll be the starter in Miami. Because he had a normal rookie year, but comparatively to Herbert, the player who was taken after him, and Joe Burrow, the player they, what it sounded like they wanted, yeah, it's not great. But he had a, it's a normal rookie year. It's a normal rookie year. Like, Eli Manning, his rookie year, he was awful. Not a great rookie year, and he's won two Super Bowls. Now, a lot of people could say Eli Manning wasn't great for most of his career, which is also a fair statement. But, you know what? Eli Manning could flip you off with his two middle two Super Bowl rings on his two middle fingers and then backpedal into the Hall of Fame because that's all he really needed. It was two Super Bowls. He's the greatest Giants quarterback of all time. He'll go to the Hall of Fame. Whether you like it or not, he's going to the Hall of Fame. If you don't like Eli, I mean, I'm impartial to Eli. I don't really care, but I think he's going to go in. I think it's essentially a lock. I don't think he'll be a first ballot as he should not be, but he'll be in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, you got the '04 4 draft class with Eli Manning, Rivers, Roethlisberger, uh, J.B. Lossman. Last year's, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Jordan Love, and you can throw Jalen Hurts in there too. And then, because he was the only one drafted in day two even out of the quarterbacks, because Jacob Easton was a fourth-round draft pick. And then this year, where we listed five quarterbacks last year, there's five in the first round. Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Fields, Lance. And even there's an outside shot. I don't know how likely this is anymore based on his getting outplayed by Mac Jones in the in the SEC championship game and then blowing everything against Oklahoma by throwing three interceptions in the first half. But granted, a lot of people opted out that game. But look at the stats. Not great. He Kyle Trask could get drafted in the first round. Could be. Not that he will be, but he could be, could very well be. And this, man, it's, I'm shocked by how many, you know, quarterback rankings we have and just how different all of them are. Of them are. Like there's usually a consistency with quarterback rankings to some extent. but there's some people that are throwing like, I don't know how you got these lists. It's confusing to me how you rank these quarterbacks the way you did. I don't want to bash them for doing this, but Chris Sims, who I've made fun of a few times on the show, ranked the top six quarterbacks in this draft class. And for some reason, I can't find it anywhere. So I'm going to have to search QB li- QB rankings. There we go. Here it is. Here's the list, finally. So he ranked Justin Zach Wilson first, which I've seen quite a bit of. So I'm not terribly surprised by that anymore. And then Trevor Lawrence, too. I'm not on the June Jones bandwagon that says Trevor Lawrence is the third best quarterback in this draft class. That's kind of confusing to me. I do get... Because, again, you got to look at him like a normal prospect, which not a lot of people are doing, looking at Trevor Lawrence like a normal prospect. But he's had bad games. He's been outplayed by Burrow and by Justin Fields. He won a natty a freshman, but after that... Didn't play great in the two games that mattered the most. Played in a really, pretty relatively easy conference comparatively to what the talent they had at Clemson. So I get why we're not ranking, why some people would not rank Trevor Lawrence number one. But number two is about as far down as I'll put him on the list. So it's like I said last show. Like everybody's saying he's going to be a draft, he's going to be a superstar, which he could be. I think Trevor Lawrence will be an awesome quarterback in the NFL. There's a chance, just as equally, that he could suck dick in the NFL. He could. There's a 100% chance that could happen. Could. Not saying it will. Could happen. Rosen was a top 10 pick. He was the most pro-ready quarterback out of the 2018 draft class. He was the safest pick. He's on his fourth team in three years. While Josh Allen was second in the MVP voting, Baker Mayfield's won a playoff game, Lamar Jackson won a unanimous MVP, The three quarterbacks that weren't supposed to be the best are the three best quarterbacks in that draft class. Allen Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen were consistently talked about as the top two QBs in this draft, the safest picks. Both of them have sucked. Now Rosen, to a greater extent, than Sam Darnold. But never say you can't miss. Never say can't miss. Any prospect can miss, because there's different circumstances with every single situation in the NFL. So Wilson 1, Lawrence 2, Mac Jones 3 fine i can understand this i know a lot of people bash this list for say mac jones is not better than justin Fields and trey lance i get the argument that he's not better because i don't think he's better than them but mac jones last season it's hard to argue that he didn't have better seat. trey lance played one game he played 50 percent of his passes went 15 to 30 against central arkansas justin fields got outplayed by mac jones he had an awesome game against against Clemson, but against Northwestern-Indiana, which I'm not going to put too much on because those are two good defenses. He was hurt against Northwestern. He had a thumb injury on his throwing hand, so they just utilized Trey Sermon that game. But Mac Jones balled out. I'm not going to take anything against Mac Jones or take anything away from Mac Jones. He led the nation in passing yards with Jalen Waddell out for most of the season, which is big. And unlike Tua, who had... A healthy Devontae Smith, a healthy Jalen Waddle, healthy Jerry Judy, and a healthy Henry Ruggs with a healthy Najee Harris as well. Mac Jones only had Devontae Smith for most of the year. And it's still Alabama, I'm well aware of that, but he didn't have all the same weaponry Tua had. He was a top five pick. And if you listen to what even Tua has said about Mac Jones and what Devontae Smith and what Jalen Waddle have said about him, I don't want people to be upset or shocked that he gets drafted with a top 10 pick. Do I think he's the third best quarterback in this draft class? No. Do I think he's the best? Well, obviously not if I don't think he's the third best. <laughs> but Mac Jones, listening to people's... listen to people talk about Mac Jones, let's just use it like that, it gets you excited about him. Tua said he's a uh, faster, more mobile version of Tom Brady. If you look at his draft profile, it's very similar to that of Tom Brady. Sure, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he wins, and his work ethic is second to none. He was at Alabama, was the third string behind Mac, or, uh, behind Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts. Again, two starters in the NFL. Didn't transfer like a lot of – like Tate Martell transferred, what, four times? And he's still, he's transferring again. If you, I don't know if you saw that. Tate Martell is transferring yet again. And then he had a five-star quarterback come in that people have compared to Russell Wilson and Kyler frickin' Murray, who is one of the greatest, if not the greatest high school prospect of all time for a quarterback position. And he beat him out too. Because even I was questioning that going into this season. Because I sat here and said, you can go back and listen to the older shows. I think Matt Jones deserves the spot because he didn't do anything to lose the starting job. But it's going to be hard for a guy that's getting compared to Kyler Murray for Nick Saban not to go, yeah, let's put him in. It's going to be extremely hard to do that. Like even with Oklahoma, they had Jalen Hurts come in, SEC Player of the Year, National Champion, all that stuff. But Spencer Rattler was an insanely talent, is, is an insanely talented quarterback. They had quarterback competition for most of the offseason. And Lincoln Riley dragged that sucker out for a while. Bryce Young was a similar thing. And Mac Jones didn't let it bother him. Usually when you're the third string quarterback, and then de facto second backup, or backup because Jalen Hurts transferred, and you play when Tua gets hurt, didn't play bad, but didn't do anything to go, oh man, that's, he's our guy next year. And then a five star comes in. From Matter Day in California, the biggest high school football factory. It's one of the few high schools that I'm aware of outside of the state of Iowa. And then a few of my friends from William Penn, I know their high schools too, but Matter Day is massive for all the quarterbacks they produced at, you could probably just say the college level, because at the NFL level, they were hit and miss from time to time, (laughs) But I don't want to see Mac Jones slander if and when he gets drafted with a top 10 pick because his attitude's awesome. His work ethic's awesome. He balled out last year. I don't know. I love his character. I love how people are talking about him. Jalen Smith, or Jalen, i combine them two. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith are talking about him. That's really awesome. You want to see players back their quarterback. And whether it's to the detriment of Tua's starting spot in the NFL or not, they're being honest. And they're not bashing Tua, but that's how the media is going to spin it, obviously, that they hate Tua. No, they just said Devont- M- Mac Jones is better. Is that fair? Players have favorite quarterbacks all the time. I don't think I was, but I was probably somebody's favorite quarterback at one point. <laughs> but you got to look at that and go, wow, I like this dude. Again, I don't think he's the third best quarterback in the draft, but I'm not going to sit here and be shocked if he's drafted with a top 10 pick. I'm not going to be surprised by that. I like Mac Jones. Fourth, though, this is where we get interesting here. This is a reach. This is what we call in the the biz a reach. But it's Kellen Mond, the former Texas A&M quarterback at four. Kellen Mond, in his time at A&M it was like Tennessee every single year. If you don't know what I mean by that, how it's Tennessee's always, for some reason, ranked in the top 25 at the beginning of every season and then finished 6-6 or 5-7 every single year. It's like clockwork at this point. Kellen Mond was Dark Horse Heisman like every single year he was at Texas A&M. He was just a good quarterback. There's nothing amazing about Kellen Mond at the college level. Things could turn out in the NFL, but... I don't know what you watched and said he was the, better than Justin Fields ranked fifth and Trey Lance is ranked sixth. Better than those two. It can, it confuses me. I don't want to sit here and bash Kellen Mond. I just want to look at him as a prospect and go, I would love to hear his reasoning, because that's one thing I'm taking. It, it, it kind of gets taken out of context here, because you look at these lists. It doesn't have reasoning. It's just a numerical list. No reasoning below anything. So when people screenshot it, that's all it is. It's the list. There's no reasoning. So people can take it out of contact. Why the hell did you rank Kellen Mond fourth? Above Justin Fields and Trey Lance? Where's Kyle Trask? Why is Mac Jones ranked third? Why is Zach Wilson first? We don't have the reasoning. So I don't know what his reasoning is. Chris Sims usually has some... Not usually. He always has some interesting reasoning with some of his predictions or some of his lists. He's made throughout the years, but, uh, yeah, I'm not that high on, on Kellen Mond. I'm sorry. If you're high on Kellen Mond, go ahead. Be high on Kellen Mond. I don't care. I'm not my top five quarterbacks in this draft class. Uh, we go Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, two A and two B Lance Jones. That would be my rankings for right now. I like Matt. I like all of these quarterbacks. I don't have, I would say, as I said before, I think my favorite quarterback's Trey Lance because of his one season in college football, the potential there, his running ability, his accuracy, his decision making. It's a very, I love watching Trey Lance play. Being at North Dakota State, watching him while I was at UNI, fun stuff to watch. I think he'll be awesome if he gets the right, if he's given time, like much like Josh Allen. I think that's why, I think I said this on Monday. Or front Wednesday, whenever we did the show last. <laughs> he reminds me of Josh Allen, not necessarily in this, the skill set. Like, he doesn't have a str- no, skill set similar. Not in, like, strong arm and all that. He's not as big as Josh Allen. He's a big dude, but not as big as Josh Allen. But that rawness, the athletic ability, he's a better decision maker at this point in time than Josh Allen was. He's more accurate, too. But Trey Lance, he'd be fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. And I I know there's been the links of Matt Jones could go before him. He might be the fifth quarterback taken. To (laughs) Chris Sims, he thinks he should be the sixth quarterback taken. So I would love to see Chris Sims' mock draft if this is his top four. That's the... I I just thought about that. What's his mock draft look like? Because I know a lot of it goes down to what you think will happen versus what you want to happen, but... Who's drafting Kellen Mond in the first round? It's confusing. Like, he had Jacob Eason ranked fifth above Jalen Hurts, who was drafted, again, in the fourth round. Who who views these guys such as high prospect? Now, I thought, I did. I was one of the people that thought Jacob Eason would get taken higher than what he did. I'm not 100% sure why he fell so far. His immobility might be a factor. Just his fourth quarter play... I know it was a big red flag for a lot of teams. because his, his production in the fourth quarter was like an insane drop-off versus the rest of his time, which is the time you want your quarterbacks to be playing the best is the fourth quarter, and he was just like awful. That's putting it lightly. You can go look back at his fourth quarter stats. They're not great. Versus the first three quarters, you, you want that reversed. You want your worst stuff out of the way so when we're losing a game because you're playing so bad, I want you to come back and win us a game. Got a strong arm, but not mobile, not entirely, not extremely mobile. And it wasn't very good in the fourth quarter. So I'm assuming that's why he probably fell to the fourth quarter. I kind of answered my own question there. Man. And th- we're about done with this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman show. But before we end it, I saw this on the herd yesterday. And then I've seen it on social media today. It was... Joe Douglas, GM of the New York Jets, for those of you who are unaware. He said, Sam is a dynamic player with unbelievable talent who really has a chance to be potential hit his potential moving forward. But like I said earlier, if calls are made, I will answer them. If calls are made, I will answer. Joe Douglas on Sam Darnold's availability. That sounds like he's actively shopping him. Now, the Seahawks have come out and said they'll take calls, but they're not shopping Russell Wilson. That sounds like, hey... If you call, I will answer and talk to you about Sam Darnold. That's what this sounds like a little bit. It doesn't sound like, oh, I don't know, we need to adjust it. Even when Josh Rosen was getting traded, everybody knew it was happening. But the Cardinals were like, oh, he's our guy. We made fun of that on the Logan Blackwood show when that was all going down. Josh is our guy. Okay. I believe you. Not. It was a lie. Fabrication by Cliff Kingsbury, the greatest coach in the NFL. Good lord. I don't know how. I still don't know. It's two years since Cliff Kingsbury's been the head coach of the Cardinals. I still, I understand it as much now as I did back then. I still don't get it. I still do not understand Cliff Kingsbury being a head coach in the NFL. And you know what? He's probably going to win a freaking Super Bowl. Probably will end up winning a Super Bowl somehow. I don't know. Everybody's hyping. We're hopping on the Cardinals bandwagon now. So, J.J. Watt signed. Boom! Super Bowl. Cliff Kingsbury leading the boys to the Super Bowl. So, back to Sam Darnold. It sounds like he's going to go. Which I think is beneficial for him and the Jets. I know, I get the whole thing of thing. I get the thing of Zach Wilson's only a sideways move to Sam Darnold. Whatever. But, whether you think it's a sideways move or not, Sam Darnold just needs a change of scenery. It's not, help Sam Darnold out a little bit. You never helped him in your time in New York. Help him out by giving to Washington or someone like that. Sam needs a change of scenery. Because you could get him all the weapons. What if he still feels uncomfortable in this situation? He's just won two games with the Jets. Give him a new chance to do something. Give him a chance to go somewhere else. Just spread his wings and fly away. Bring in Zach Wilson and start the new regime with the Jets. Because you got Mike LaFleur, brother Matt LaFleur, who's in the Kyle Shanahan system. Zach Wilson has said he would like to be in a Kyle Shanahan system. Where did Mike LaFleur just come from? Well, if you were just listening, I said Kyle Shanahan coming over with Robert Sala, two first-round picks can really change the fortunes of New York Jets. Unless you trade for Deshaun Watson, then you're doing a you got to use your cap space a lot there. Your draft picks ain't really going to be an option with the Jets anymore. <laughs> At least the bulk of them will not be there anymore. I've been reading this a lot. When the NFL season starts up, I think it's when? 17th? 16th? Somewhere around there? Oh, man. It's going to be like an apocalypse of some some sort with these players getting moved all over the place. It's going to be hell on earth for these NFL teams with all these trades going down. Because we've already seen Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz get traded. Goodness gracious, we're going to see all the trades happening. Will Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson get traded? Time will tell well the Patriots re sign Cam Newton from what the looks of it is that looks to be a yes because reports are according to Evan Lazar the Patriots seem to be more interested in bringing back Cam Newton than quote dipping into the crop of free agent QBs so, ah dang it we don't get to see Mitchell Trubisky and, <laughs> and Josh McDaniel in the system man I want to see Mitchell Trubisky playing for the <laughs> playing oh man Mitchell Trubisky we go from Tom Brady, and in two years, they get Mitchell Trubisky. That would be the greatest transition ever. That would be freaking awesome. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And if I had to quick fire right now, for all these teams that need quarterbacks or are thinking about quarterbacks, if I had to make a bold prediction right now, this is bold prediction, so it doesn't necessarily mean I think it's going to happen, but if I was being fun, Donald of the Redskins, or Washington football team, sorry, don't cancel me, Russell Wilson of the Bears, Deshaun Watson to the Panthers, came to the Patriots, Derek Carr to the Raiders, um, Marcus Mario to the Seahawks, um, oh god, i lost two to the Dolphins, because he's already there, what other are, are quarterbacks are there, Dak Prescott to the Cowboys, James Winston to the Saints, Alex Smith to the Bears, I don't know, I don't know where all these people, the Seahawks, I don't know, this was rapid fire. I didn't have anything written down. So I'm just trying to remember all these stupid teams off the top of my head. This is what it's, it's nice. Having a team that doesn't need a quarterback anymore. This is my entire life leading up to this point was. But do you really think like. You think the Bills could get Kyle Orton? <laughs> that actually happened. People forget Kyle Orton even played for the Bills. But that happened. Sadly, it happened. Good Lord, sadly, that happened. The whole Doug Marone era in Buffalo. What a train wreck. Good Lord. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, We'll be back to you on Monday with episode 100 on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Not the 100th show in total, but 100th show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify with Mock Draft 3.0. That'll be posted Monday morning, same time as the show is when that will get released. So hope you have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the show. I will see you all later peace oh wait wait, wait wait not yet not yet not yet not yet not yet you and i big game this weekend so make sure you tune in to the you and i panthers football game this weekend because you remember we talked about it a tiny bit on monday illinois state i've been a really been really bad at remembering to do this on fridays talking about you and i a tiny bit so I, I know i've closed out the show essentially but yeah, you and I plays Illinois State. So make sure you're tuned into that. is at four o'clock. They like to play games at four, except for sat- next Saturday, play at twelve. You know, a normal time for a football game, not four o'clock. It's a really weird time. It's on ESPN Plus. So make sure you're tuned into that. Should be a fun game. Should be a very fun game. Illinois State's a decently tough opponent from time to time. So yeah, make sure you tune into that. So now, I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Peace.